If you have not been with us, then uh, let me inform you that on our Friday nights for several weeks now, I guess uh, months would be a better way to say it, we've been on the subject of healing. And we believe very strongly around here that God still heals. Anybody with me on that? You know, I had the privilege of working in healing school at Dr. Kenneth Hagin's ministry for years. And uh, the word works in you, not just uh, suddenly and dramatically, but also gradually. And uh, I have seen, so sometimes folk haven't realized that they are limited and hindered by decades and really centuries of wrong thinking. And wrong believing. And just because you hear something one time that's different from what you've heard all your life. Doesn't mean you automatically embrace it and believe it. But if you'll just keep hearing. And just keep hearing. Faith comes. Amen. By hearing. And you just keep hearing. You know you heard more than one testimony about how somebody you know just realized it had been a long time since they'd had that symptom. Wasn't a, a spectacular, dramatic thing, but they just realized, well, man, I've gone for uh, days and hadn't hurt. Amen. Well, I've gone for weeks and had had those symptoms. That's happening in this church. Yes. I said, that's happening in this church. Right. And if you've had a problem, it's supposed to be happening in you. And it will if you'll receive it. If you'll believe it. But you've got to stay after it. I said, you've got to stay after it. And if you've had a problem in your body, man, you ought, to, you ought to be here anyway, but you ought to be here with bells on every Friday night. Amen. 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 And, and uh, there's some of our folk that haven't seen, I think, the value of this. And if you can help them, help them out. Say, hey, where were you on Friday night? Especially if they've got a physical problem that they've been dealing with. Say, hey, you know, why, why aren't you there? Because just because you're here a time or two doesn't mean you've got it. I've seen people have heard the same thing. I mean, heard it for years and then come to me and say, man, I got it this morning. Got what? Well, they'd heard me teach that same series for five times, but they heard it. Yeah, I mean, understand you can hear and not hear, but, it, but one way to overcome that is just keep hearing. Just keep hearing it. Just make up your mind. I'm going to stay with it till I get it. And God's for you and he, he'll help you. So we've been teaching a series called Receiving and Ministering Healing. And what we've done is gone to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and looked at the individual cases of people healed under Jesus' ministry because we know that's the best example you can find. Jesus ministering healing to people. Nobody's going to do it any better than him. And uh, we said there are about... Uh, 19, well I added one last week, and so 20, 20 individual cases of healing recorded into the ministry of Jesus. Now a lot more people than that got healed, but only about 20 that were told what was wrong with them, and what they, how they came to Jesus, what they said and did, and how Jesus ministered to them, how they received their healing, or how they were healed. And so we Looked at number 20 last week. Malchus' ear was sliced off by one of the disciples whom John told us was Peter. And Jesus 
healed that man who was out to get him and hurt him, his enemy, Jesus healed him. Hallelujah. If Jesus would heal his enemy, certainly he'd heal his friends and his believers. Amen. His own children. Thank God he does and he will. Well, you know, people say different things and say, well, yeah, but you know, that, that was just Jesus. You know, I mean, he, he could do that. But I want you to turn to the book of Acts, the first chapter and the first verse. You understand that the Holy Spirit gave this book we call the Acts of the Apostles. That's a name men gave to it. Really, uh, it's, it doesn't just record acts of apostles. It also records acts of prophets, acts of evangelists, acts of lay people like Ananias. Ananias was not an apostle or prophet or evangelist. Or, you'd have to add to the Bible to say he was even a minister. But the record tells about how God appeared to him and, and ministered to him. He went and ministered to Saul. So things like that are recorded in addition to Acts of Apostles. I think a good name would be Acts of the Holy Ghost Amen. through the church. Because it's, it's, it's a wide array of things recorded. And the way it starts out, it says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Now, this is Dr. Luke. Writing by the Holy Ghost, and he's referring to, to what we call the gospel account of Luke. He said, I told you uh, in the former treatise of all that Jesus, what? You ought to underline that word. Of all that Jesus, what? Finished? What? All that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now what does that let you know? He, he's about to write something else here, isn't he? Would it be fair to say that this is a continuation? That the book of Acts is a continuation of the works of Jesus? Even though he's not in the earth? Is he continuing to work through his spirit? And through his church. Amen. Thank God yes. We see about people healed in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Many people healed. Do we see people healed in the book of Acts? Yes. Thank God. What does that mean? Means it didn't pass away when Jesus left the earth. Means that healing continues. Jesus didn't just heal to prove his divinity, to prove his deity. He didn't just heal to prove that he's the son of God, because if that's all healing was for, then it would have ceased when he left. But it continues. I said it continues in the book of Acts. And what is the book of Acts? You do understand the book of Acts is still being written. Oh, yeah. Why? Because this is a record of the acts of the Holy Spirit in the church. Well, the church still exists. The Holy Spirit's still here. I don't know what chapter you and I are in now. It'd be way on down the line. But chapter 4,000 or 23,000, huh? 
God is still moving. Is it true that everything we read in the book of Acts should still be happening in the church today? That this is a virtual blueprint of what should be happening in and through and by the church. And of everything that Jesus said and did was not the end. He didn't finish up something. He started something. So what does it mean when he said it is finished? That's paying the price for our sins. Redemptive work is finished. But his ministry work continues. He continues through the church. You and I are part of the church. He continues through you and I. So I thought it fitting that we continue our study. Amen. On receiving and ministering healing. And we jump in the book of Acts. And we see how people got healed. In the church. Amen. Because it ought to still be happening just like that today. And you know. You don't get many chapters into the book of Acts. Until you see spectacular healings. All you got to do is go chapter 1. 2. And then there you are. In the first couple of verses of chapter 3. We're seeing healings. So let's look at it. Chapter 3. Acts 3. And verse 1. This is the account of the healing of the man at the gate beautiful. And it is a wonderful account. In verse 1. Now Peter and John. Well let's just let's pray before we read that. Father. Thank you for your holy written word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us. To be our guide and teacher and helper. Open our eyes to see good things from your word, we pray. Our ears to hear and our heart to understand. Give us revelation of truth that makes free. Give us answers to questions, solutions to problems and and direction, light that makes us free. And we'll not be hearers only, but doers and act on what you show us. And we know as we do, we will be blessed for you're faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who believe it and do it. Amen. Verse 1, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Get up and walk. Rise and walk. Where have we heard that before? We've we've been camping out for months in these kind of things, right? We've heard this before. Rise. Take up your bed and go. Who does that sound like? Sounds just like Jesus. Doesn't it? Well, you'll hear about that some more in a minute. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
Glory to God. Something miraculous happened here, didn't it? I wouldn't be surprised if you'd have been close by, if you'd have heard popping and snapping or or some such thing. Something miraculous happened in this man's feet and ankles. How many believe it happened just like we're reading it here? This is, this is not somebody's theory or fairy tale or, or idea. There was a certain man. He was like this. And this happened to his feet and his ankles. Who did this for him? The Lord did. Is he still doing things like this? How many believe miracles just like this can still happen? Amen. You got to be a believer. Well, keep reading. His, his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood. Oh, boy. And walked. And entered into them, with them, into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I guess so. Glory to God. Praising God. We don't see anything about him praising God sitting there begging for handouts. Oh, but when he's healed, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together until them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. This thing was not done in a corner. Everybody saw it. Right? And it caused a huge commotion. And when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Now that just blows major holes in the theories of these folk that write these articles about that, well, you know, the apostles had this kind of power. And they could heal people like this, but when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Now what does Peter say? He said, why are you looking at us? Because they were, I mean, there's a huge crowd gathered. Everybody knew this man. Everybody knew he's, he's been crippled all his life. Everybody knew. And they're looking at Peter and John like, what did you do? What did you do to him? And what they say? What are you looking at us for? Yeah, well, you're apostles. You have the power. No. Did you hear me? These are theories that men have developed to excuse why they don't have these kind of things anymore. Well, Jesus could do it and the, the 12 apostles could do it. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Well, now hold on. We have record in this book, we're going to see it before we get through, of other apostles and prophets and evangelists who were not part of the 12. Did you hear me? That had these kind of things happen. So that blows hole in that theory too. How many like this. This understanding. That what Jesus was doing in his ministry. Continued right on. In the church. Hallelujah. 
And it's supposed to continue right on through every age. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit who did the work is still here. And it's supposed to continue on and not decrease and diminish, but actually go up and increase until he comes back and takes us out. Amen. So he says, why are you looking so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness, we'd made this man to walk. Read verse 13. The God of Abraham. Who did it? Same God Abraham knew. How many understand Abraham knew a God who healed? Did you know that? Go back and study and read about it. You'll see, you know, that the king Abimelech had taken uh, Sarah, Abram's wife, and because of that, all the, uh, the wombs of his wives were closed up. None could conceive. And after he found out, you know, why it was that Abram's a prophet and he's got his wife in there, then he, Abram prayed for the king and it said that the Lord healed him. How many understand healing was before the law, during the law, after the law? Why? God's always been a healing God. He's a good God, isn't he? Healing is good. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be relieved of pain and suffering? It's a good thing. And God's a good God. Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Thank God. Keep reading. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. Whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. You know, you, you see different. So, some of these programs that people come out with. <laughs> that are supposed to be historically correct. Some of them are just messed up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Good gracious, I don't know who wrote those things. But they're woefully ignorant of the Bible. But the Bible, you know, if you if you put the different parts together, it, it gives you more detail of what was going on. We read about it, but Pilate wanted to let Jesus go. He tried to let him go through different maneuvers, but finally the politician in him won out. You understand? He didn't believe Jesus was guilty. He didn't believe he should be executed. But when they said, well, if you're a friend of this man, you're not a friend of Caesar's. He did not want that getting out. He was concerned it would affect popular opinion. And some of this would get back to Caesar. And so he let them do what they wanted to. But he tried. That's why, you know, he had him brought and then he sent him to Herod. Then he had him brought back. He was trying to find a way to get out of this. But if he had a... And the Lord hadn't have done it, you and me wouldn't be saved. So thank God the Lord went through with it. But the God of our fathers through this miraculous healing has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. 
And they had seen him and they had eat and drunk with him after he was raised from the dead. That's good news to some folks. You get to eat and drink after you go home to be with the Lord. (laughs) Jesus did. Now, how was the man healed? Verse 16 tells us how the man was healed. Peter says, by the Holy Ghost. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This is the how. This is how. This is our study, right? We want to see how people received healing and how healing was ministered. Well, this is both right here in this one verse. This is how he received. This is how it was ministered. Read it again. His name through faith in his name made the man strong. The faith which is by him, by Jesus, has given him, the the lame man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, in our study, I gave you two labels, or or I should say two categories. And actually, there's a third category that I'm going to introduce to you. We put healings under the category of being faith-initiated or being spirit-initiated. Talking about Holy Spirit-initiated. Or you could say God-initiated. And uh, if you're taking notes and you want to keep up with this, then I'll, I'll read you off some of them. In our 20 that I mentioned to you. And uh, I trust that you guys are, are paying attention to this because uh, this is not something that's not relative to your life. You will be glad you know some of these things. Amen. Amen. For yourself for your family, for your friends. The two major areas that the enemy is always trying to to hurt people and limit them and bind them up is in the area of physical problems and the area of financial difficulties. You understand that? I mean, if all the church was totally healed and had plenty of money, (laughs) wouldn't that be a different bunch? And you're you're in position to work, to serve, to do. But the devil knows if he can get you sick enough, I don't care what kind of call you got on your life. I mean, I got a call on my life. But if I was sick, I couldn't get out of bed and come here and preach tonight. How can I fulfill that call? Right? I go out and minister in other places and, and, and other churches and even other countries and that kind of thing. But if I ain't got enough money to get out of town... How can I do that? Right? The Bible said in the beginning, he brought them forth with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. That's all typical. And in the new covenant, do you believe it's God's will for us to have strength and health and soundness and plenty of money? Amen. And do the work of God. Fulfill the great commission. Do what you're made to do. Do what you're called to do. It's going to take plenty of strength and plenty of money. And we got a God who's able to do both. Say it out loud. I have a God who keeps me in strength. Keeps me in money. Hallelujah. Well, 
We looked at the 20 cases in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'll just go through them quickly. And if you want all of it, you might have to get the tape. But uh, the leper was healed through his own faith. Peter's wife's mother was healed through their faith. The man born by four, the paralytic, was healed through their faith. The nobleman's son was healed through their faith. The man with the withered hand was a combination. It was spirit initiated and a faith response. And the centurion servant was healed through their faith. The Jairus' daughter was healed through their faith. I'm not taking time to read it, but like in Jairus' daughter, how do we know? Well, for one thing it said, he said, don't be afraid, only believe. And, you know, he had told him, lay your hands on her, she will live. Faith. The woman with the issue of blood, faith. Jesus told her, your faith made you whole. Two blind men, faith. Syrophoenician's daughter, faith. Deaf with a speech impediment, faith. Blind man at Bethesda, faith. Man's lunatic son, faith. The man born blind, combination. Spirit initiated, faith follow through, or faith response. The man at the pool of Bethesda, you know, that's where you, uh, Jesus told him to take up his bed and walk and five porches of sick folks, spirit initiated. Man with the dropsy, spirit initiated, but still a faith response. The woman with the spirit of infirmity, spirit initiated, faith response. The ten lepers, faith. Blind Bartimaeus, faith. Malchus ear, spirit. Spirit in it. They weren't having a healing meeting out there at the garden, right? <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. The Holy Ghost directed Jesus and he ministered that to that man. Right? Nothing said about the man having any faith. He's out there to take Jesus into custody, not believe. Well, that turns out, and, and, and I wouldn't argue with anybody about the categorization, but you best look at them closely before you decide it's not right, too. Uh, 14 of these was faith initiated three out of the 20. Three of them were spirit-initiated. Three of them, combination. I've never said it quite like that before, but I believe I see it, that the Holy Spirit initiated it. But you got to remember, people can refuse what the Spirit initiates. These people responded to what the Holy Ghost initiated. So that's 14 and 6 makes 20. Let me say it again, 14 faith. Three spirit, three combination. Spirit initiated, faith response. I know some folk, you know, don't know about that or, or what I'm talking about exactly, but just, just stay hooked and listen. You'll learn. But one thing that's important is how many were by faith. The majority, right? By far, the majority, at least 14, and then faith was involved in three of the others. You understand? Even though it wasn't faith initiated, the faith was involved. That's 17 out of 20. But at least 14 or 15 of the 20, faith initiated. What does that mean? That means the majority of people are going to be healed through their own faith. Right? But then there are some other things that happen too. The Holy Ghost initiates things. 
special things happen. And one reason I said all that is because this one we're looking at tonight is spirit initiated. And it is a, a sign healing. It is a miracle of healing. Nothing is said about the man's faith. I said, yeah, but he was expecting, yeah, money. <laughs> Not healing. Did you hear me? Spirit initiated. Now, expecting is good. Just being in the expecting county is good. How much know what I'm talking about? You're expecting something good to happen. Well, then you're closer to being moved over to expecting healing. But nothing is said about the man's, the man's faith. We'll see more about it as we go. Go to the fourth chapter and, and notice this terminology. Two things. Look at the, uh, look at the 13th verse. Acts 4. Actually, you know, Acts 3 and 4 really go together. It's a continuation of what happened after the healing. Let me, let me back up just a little bit. Notice what happened. I mean, in the middle of the healing. When everybody's looking at them and going, that they were astonished, other translation says, they were in amazement. You see the word wonder. In verse 10, they were filled with, this is 3.10, filled with wonder and amazement. Verse 11, greatly wondering. Sounds like a wonder, doesn't it? You've heard of signs and wonders, right? What do wonders make you do? Wonder. Exactly. It's a wonder. You look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. And that's what this whole bunch is doing. They're looking at this man. They know him. He was laid there daily. That means every day somebody brought him out, carried him, helped him get there, set him down so that X amount of hours, five hours, six hours, eight hours, 12 hours, I don't know. But every day he's there asking people, can you spare some change? You got something for the poor. He's a fixture. Everybody that goes in and out of the temple knows him. They've seen him. And so there ain't no question about did something happen or who this is. And you can see one reason why it happened on this person too. It's a wonder. And as they're all standing there amazed and in wondering, Peter starts preaching. Right? He starts preaching. He said, "What what are you looking at? Why are you looking at us? Let me tell you. The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has glorified his son, Jesus. He starts preaching Jesus right now. Next thing you know, in the fourth chapter, I mean, this all happened together. In the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, how be it what? Many of them which heard the word that came as a result of the healing believed and the number of the men not counting women and children was about 5,000 now that's a haul isn't that a haul that's a chunk of souls major chunk right and yet you have some people 
Some theologians and some preachers and teachers tell us, well, you know, they had to have signs and wonders in those days to establish the church so that people would know that it was legitimate and that the Lord really has been resurrected. And and we don't need that today. (laughs) Somebody's developed something better that'll get 5,000 people in in a day. No. This was the method then. This is the method now. Amen. There is no more powerful and better evangelistic tool. Amen. We've seen it. I have friends that minister on the foreign field and, and preach where people haven't preached before. And again and again. You know, when, when we'll read about it uh, later, actually, we'll study it. I think in the book of Acts, you know, where Paul was shipwrecked on that island. And next thing you know, the, the most well-known man in the island, the most powerful man, the richest man, his daddy was really sick. And the next thing you know, Paul ministers to him and he gets healed. Then they have a healing revival on the whole island. You see how it works? I've seen it again and again. Where the Lord will minister healing to somebody as a sign. Everybody knows them. Everybody knew they were sick. As a sign. And then when everybody gathers around to find out what happens. What has happened. They get preached to Jesus. And many of them believe. Amen. And who has a right to say that that's all been done away with. And we don't require that anymore. We don't need that anymore. When there are millions and millions going to hell. Certainly. We must have this. I said certainly we must have this. We must have the fullness of it. This is our equipment. This is the church's equipment to get the job done. To reap the harvest. It gets people's attention. Doesn't it? And while they're in amazement and wonder going, wow, I know that man. He can't do that, but he is. Look at him. Look at him run. Oh, that's, that's not the man. It is the man. I saw him. It's the man. And while people are in amazement, they hear about Jesus. They know something's real. They know something's happened here. Jesus must be alive, like they say he is. He must have raised from the dead. Got to. He's still healing people. Just like he did. I said, just like he did. Read over in the 12th verse. You know, they called them before the uh, priests, captain of the temple and the Sadducees. And, and then what did they do? They preached to them. Right? I think Peter's making up for lost time. I really do. Because, you know, he, he, he bailed at a bad time and denied the Lord and was afraid of these guys. He was afraid of the chief priests. He was afraid of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And and he stood around and denied the Lord by that campfire that night. But I think he has got converted like the Lord prayed that he would. And he's gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's got some boldness about him. And he's standing up there in front of them. And he's not blinking an eye, but he's giving them both barrels. And if he dies, he dies. He's not afraid anymore. Amen. And he's telling them about Jesus. He said, well, well, let's read about him. Verse seven. 
When they set them in their midst, asked them, what, by what power and by what name have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, you rulers of people, of the people, elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the what? Good deed. Was this a good thing? Good thing. Then, then people being sick is a bad thing. If people being healed is a good thing, then people being sick is a bad thing. I know that sounds elementary, but friends, some folk are confused about this. Well, God put that cancer on them, and I know it's awful, but you know, some of these things came out of it, so really it was a blessing in disguise. No, it wasn't a blessing. Cancer has never been a blessing in disguise or otherwise. I'll say it louder. Cancer has never been a blessing. I said, yeah, but they got back to God. They could have got back to God without the cancer. No, no. Well, some of the people got the family got back and got close together. Well, it's sad that it took that for them to get together. They didn't have to have a tragedy for them to get together. Well, they mended some fences and got back. Well, thank God for that. But don't give the cancer the credit for that. Did you hear me? Now, people have preached wrong. They've believed wrong. They believe this junk. Did you hear me? And it's cost lives. Because if you believe it's a blessing in disguise, you're not going to fight it. You're not going to resist it. So you'll perish with it. No. Cancer, AIDS, leukemia, all these things, brain aneurysms. These are not blessings in disguise. No way these are God's best. I said, no way these are God's best. Now, the great thing about it, God can take a terrible situation. And if you'll believe him in the middle of it, he can salvage things. Did you hear me? He can take what the enemy meant for evil and destruction and bring good out of it. But don't give the credit to the disease. Give the credit to God. Amen. Destruction and disease is the work of the enemy. It glorifies the enemy. He's the killer. He's the thief. He's the destroyer. Good things glorify God. Right? God's not glorified in the disease. He's glorified in the healing. He's not glorified in the sin. He's glorified in the deliverance. Keep reading. He said, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified... Whom God raised from the dead. He's preaching the whole gospel to them, ain't he? They asked him for it. How'd you do this? He thought, great. Let me tell you how this happened. (laughs) Even by him. By him. By Jesus. The one crucified. The one raised from the dead. By him. Does this man stand here before you whole? Everybody in here that's been healed. That's how you're healed. I said, that's how you're healed. Everybody in here that's got a testimony. Everybody that we've read about testimonies of of deliverance and and healing and and wholeness and and living and not dying and money coming in. That's because Jesus is alive. I said, he's alive. He has overcome death, hell, sin, the grave. He's alive. And those that believe in him allow him to work in their life. Evidences of him being resurrected are all around. For anybody that has eyes to see. 
I mean, most of you, like me, you'd been long dead if Jesus wasn't alive. I you spared my life so many times, I, I, you know, lost count. Right? Bailed me out so many times. Me being down here tonight, you seeing me is proof positive. Jesus is alive. (laughs) I mean, I, I thought life is to be lived, buddy. I mean, you know, I, if it was fast, if it was loud, if it was powerful, I tried to straddle it and ride it. Every, every summer I was in the emergency room getting sewed up for something. God's merciful. Amen. Thank Everybody say, thank God for angels. But the fact that the Lord is alive is demonstrated in his keeping power in all of our lives. Keep reading. He said, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How many other names? What about Allah or Muhammad? Hmm? No. I said no. Howie Krishna. Confucius. Buddha. No. So y'all are so closed minded. Yeah, and saved. Don't you believe that there are many, many paths and ways to God? No. One. Oh, y'all are so conservative and narrow and saved. You know, people don't understand, you can't be a Christian and believe all this stuff. Christians believe the Bible. Christians follow the Christ. He said, he is the way. Nobody can come to the Father except by Him. Well, if I'm a Christian, I can't believe anything else. I got to believe what the Christ said. Right? Then there are not many ways to God. What about those four? Are you saying those folk are lost? The Bible teaches so. There is a broad way that men think is a good way, but it leads to destruction. There's a straight and a narrow way. And the end of it is life. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to God. Only one. Only one. Not two. One. Just one. It is through faith in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. There's some things, you know, if you don't believe in healing, well, you can make heaven. You don't believe in prosperity, well, you can still make heaven. But there's some things are non-negotiable. About making heaven. You must believe that Jesus is virgin born. Supernaturally born of a virgin. The son of God. That he died. That he's literally physically been raised from the dead. And he's in heaven right now. King of kings. Lord of lords. One and only way to the father. Did you hear me? Well I don't believe that. Well you're lost. How dare you. Listen I'm trying to help you. I don't want to see you in hell. How can you be so sure? Because I'm a Christian. And I believe this book. Amen. Not a matter of being exclusive. Not a matter of being mean. You're not helping people when you're, you know, comforting them in their lie. Hell is full of people 
who were religious. Did you hear me? It's a sad thing. Religion has taken more people to hell than anybody any other thing. Trusting in the works of men. Trusting in all this other stuff that they're believing. There's only one secure thing to trust in. That's the work of the master. Said out loud, I believe in Jesus. Everybody said out loud, I believe he's the only way. There is no other way. To the Father God. To salvation. To heaven. Than Jesus. My faith is in him. My trust is in him. I'm resting in him. The finished work. Is why I'm saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Help your family with that. Help your friends with that. Don't be mean. Don't be pushy. But don't mince words about this. This is not something that you can play with. This is serious business. You see why it takes so long to preach these messages, don't you? (laughs) We take so many side journeys. I learned that from another fellow. In, In Acts, in verse 13, read it, 413, Acts 413. Now when they saw the what? Boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They they weren't educated. They did what? They marveled. They're not there to be impressed with these guys. What are they there to do? They're there to hang them out to dry. Right? They're there to put these guys in jail. But before it's over, they're looking at they thought, they probably didn't say it, but they thought, wow. Listen to them guys. And they took knowledge of them that what? They had been with Jesus. The Living Bible says when the council saw the boldness of Peter and John and could see that they were obviously uneducated non-professionals. <laughs> they were uneducated non-professionals. They were amazed and realized what being with Jesus had done for them. How many like that? They were amazed and realized what being with Jesus had done for them. Now friends, this is the foundation of everything we're reading about. Being with Jesus. We we said a minute ago, we hear Peter looking at this man and say, get up. Get up. Rise and be healed. We said, man, that sounds familiar. That sounds just like what we read about in Mark and in Matthew, and right? And it sounds just like something Jesus would do. Why? Because it is. I said it is something Jesus did, but he's doing it through Peter and through John. And he did it through Paul and Silas and Barnabas. Amen? He did it, th- and he's still doing it today. Jesus is still doing Wonderful things, healings and deliverances through people like you and me through the church. How many would volunteer and say, I'm available for things like this? Are you? When I hear it, here's some of the qualifications. You got to qualify. Some of the qualifications, what qualified them? They had been with Jesus. Nothing was more important to them. They left work. They left things with family. They left 
hobbies. They left a lot of things and they were continuously with him for those three, three and a half years, weren't they? I mean, nothing took precedent or preeminence over this. They were with him. And now here's the big deal. Go back to the third chapter. Look at the first few verses. Third chapter. Read to me the first verse. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the five minutes of prayer. Huh? At the 15 minutes of prayer. What? Surely 30 minutes is long enough. They went up together for the 30 minute prayer time. What? Oh. For the hour. Now you know what a lot of folk could say about that. What would a lot of people say today about that? This this is a daily routine. You do understand this. Just like daily they brought the man up. The implication is. And you find it in other places in the book of Acts. They regularly met. They did certain things certain times. This was not just for an hour of prayer. It was what? The hour of prayer. And especially some other parts of the world, they believe in siesta. Anybody know that? I mean, in uh, down south of the border, and then in Europe as well. Many places, many places. No need going somewhere two or three o'clock in the afternoon. They will be closed. Now they'll open up later, and they stay up all night too. Some of them, but you know, what would people say today about something like that? Taking a nap after lunch. <laughs> and then you wake up and go pray for an hour. What would people say? Don't have time. Right? Don't We don't have time. We don't have time. An hour of prayer every day? I'm sorry, I, I don't have time. I gotta get up, and I gotta get the kids ready, and I, I gotta go to work, and I gotta do this, and I got that's why the church doesn't have time for these kind of signs and wonders either. Did you hear me? This healing was spirit initiated. Nothing said about the man believing for this. They're not standing there preaching him a sermon. Also, they've walked by this man untold times. Did you get this? He's laid there every day, daily, daily. Well, they go up there and pray at the hour of prayer, three o'clock in the afternoon. They go up there and pray an hour every day, every day. They've walked by this man hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times, walked right by him. He's been crippled every time they walk by. Why didn't they do this last month? Why didn't they do this a year ago? Now these are questions we we need to answer. Because people read this and they go, oh man, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. He just jerked him up and he was healed. So they'll run, jerk somebody off a hospital bed. And they'll fall in the floor. And get hurt worse than they were to start with. And then folk go, oh, those those crazy charismatics. And then people get in the ditch on the other side and not ever believe for it or not ever see it happen at all. What's the key? 
Hmm? What we're talking about on Sundays, isn't it? The Spirit-led life. These men had been with Jesus. Everybody say, been with Jesus. It was obvious to people around about them. Not, not only had they walked with Jesus for those three years, but how many believe now every day, even though Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit has come. How many believe they're with Jesus every day? And they're spending specific time communing with him, praying. He's real to them. This day they walk by and the man says, alms, alms, could you spare some alms? They've probably given to the man before. They've probably put money in his cup before. But today, something was different. They looked at him. Something came up in them. Someone was coming on them. Hallelujah. Who came on them? The Holy Spirit came on them. What came up in them? Faith. But not just faith from hearing the word. Read verse 16 again, please. 316, please. Read it again. His name... How did the man get healed? The name of Jesus. Through faith in the name of Jesus. Remember they, they looked at that man? What did he say to him? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now let's just stop right here. The name of Jesus is not a magic incantation. Hocus pocus. Abracadabra. In the name of Jesus. It is not just the parrot reciting of the words or the name that gets results. It is when the name is spoken in faith. Amen. And when the name is spoken in power. You remember those seven sons of Siva. They took it upon themselves to call over a man that was possessed with the spirit the name of Jesus because they heard Paul doing it. Remember that? They said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Do they know what they're talking about? No, see, they're using this like a magic formula. You do understand some Christians have tried the same thing, right? In Jesus' name. They just try to use it like some incantation. No, it didn't work. Those guys, you remember, they wound up getting beat up. Right? Ran out of the room with their clothes tore and, and beat up. Because <laughs> they didn't know what they was talking about. They just trying something. Uh, go to the 16th chapter real quickly. Acts 16. Thank you, Master. Can you take a few more minutes? This is the account of how Paul was in a certain place. And verse 16, Acts 16, 16, it came to pass as we went to talk, huh? as we went to eat, now you do understand that that's Christians' current favorite pastimes, eating and talking, but that doesn't produce miracles, Right? I mean, you, you can go and eat with everybody in the church and it won't make you full of faith. 
Right? You can just talk and talk and talk and talk. Nor will that. They went to what? Prayer. Thank God for praying. How many believe these were praying people? Well, see, prayer is a key to being in the Spirit. The Bible says, you know, Jude, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Doing what? Praying. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying. Praying in the Spirit. You, you build yourself. It doesn't give you faith, but it builds you up on the faith you have. Your spirit is charged. Brother Kenneth Hagin, he, he made this statement. I think it's worth really considering. He said he had noted that the more he prayed in other tongues, the more of the other manifestations he had. He said it in different variations and different forms, but I heard him say it many, many times. He said the more he prayed in other tongues, the more he prayed in the Spirit, the more of the other manifestations of the Spirit, like special faith, discerning the spirits, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the more of these other things he had, he had more of it manifesting when he prayed in the Spirit more. Well, that shouldn't be surprising. Because these are manifestations of the Spirit. And we're praying in the same Spirit. And the more we pray in the Spirit, we're tuned up. Right? We're more alert. We're more aware. We're more sensitive. And we're more built up. These guys had a custom of praying together. Ministers. Now that's a novel idea, isn't it? <laughs> ministers praying together an hour on a regular work day. Amen. Hour of prayer. Well, they went to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination, divination, excuse me, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which showed to us the way of salvation. And this she did, what? Many days. days. Don't you expect that was annoying? She's saying something that's true, but who wants the devil testifying for you? You know it bothered Paul. He knew it wasn't right. Well, why didn't he do something about it? Why did he wait many days? Well, why did these guys walk by that lame man? Day after day after day. If they had the name of Jesus and they had power in the name of Jesus, why didn't they jerk him up first time they walked by him? Because you can't do anything in the flesh. People have tried and just brought reproach. And some people, you know, they leave the idea, well, man, if we just had enough faith in the name of Jesus, we'd just go clean the hospitals out. Well, why hadn't somebody done it? Why haven't our leaders done it? Well, if we, did, if we had enough faith in our authority, we'd just go straighten everybody out. Jesus didn't. I said, Jesus didn't. In his own hometown, he could there do no mighty works. Right? No. When it comes to you, yourself. Now you can believe for yourself. 
You don't have to have a special move of the Spirit. You don't have to have a gift of the Spirit. You can believe for your healing every day of the week. Did you hear me? You can believe for your money to come in every day of the week. When it comes to somebody else, you're either going to have to get them in agreement with you. They're going to have to be believing something too. Or you're going to have to have a gift of the Spirit. A manifestation like this. And you can't turn that off and on. As you will. Oh we wish we could. But you can't. The Lord requires people to believe something. I tell you what though. I believe the Holy. Somebody said well it's as the Spirit wills. And it is. But I believe he wills a lot more than what's happening. Anybody in agreement with that? I I believe he wills a lot more to happen than what is happening. What can we do about it? Well, we can preach about these things. Faith comes by hearing. And then we can pray. Amen. We can ask for these things in prayer. And we can pray in the Spirit. And we can make ourselves available. Go back to the 16th verse of chapter 3. Many days that that woman yelled that, but you remember there was a point where Paul looked at her and cast that thing out of her, right? Well, why did did he wait many days? Because he didn't have it. He didn't have the anointing. He didn't have that manifestation in him until that time. Why did these guys walk by this man day after day and him laying there crippled? Why didn't they do something about it? Because they didn't have it. Now, they could have preached a healing meeting and he could have come. And if he'd have believed it, he could have received. But just walking by him like that. How did it happen though? Verse 16, read it again. And his name, through faith in his name, Has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea the faith which is by him. Now the faith which is by hearing the word. No. The faith which is by who? By Jesus. Has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Listen to two other translations. The 20th century says it is the faith inspired by Jesus. That made this complete cure. The Weymouth says. It is the faith. Which he has bestowed. We'd call this special faith. One of the manifestations. Of the spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. Special faith. We all have common faith. Saving faith. Faith from hearing the word. But there's something beyond that. Special faith. Brother Smith Wigglesworth was used in this, it seems. He he was called an apostle of faith. And he and also other individuals have talked about this. He he said, when you have the gift of special faith, you know ahead of time what God's going to do. Confidence of what's going to happen. It's just not just depending on, on, on the person. Do you see what boldness here? They walked up. They looked at this man. And Peter said, look at us. And John's looking at him. I believe both of them had it. They were together. I I believe not just physically, but in spirit. And I believe God dropped this in their heart. They walked by this man countless times. But this time, something dropped in their heart. A boldness came up in them. Hallelujah. 
the anointing of God came on them. He said, look at us. That's interesting. Just a few verses later, he says, why are you looking at us? Look at us. And the man looked up at him. You know, maybe he, he's used to being there in the dust and begging, probably had his head bowed, not looking up. He, he said, look up, look up, look at us. Silver and gold have I none. Now, some people have t- tried to take that and make him to be poor. <laughs> Mrs. Peter might have had the pocketbook that day. I don't know. <laughs> These things happen. But uh, the definition of this word is to be present or at hand, Strong says, or Vine says, to be ready at hand. What does that mean? I don't have any on me. I don't have any at hand. Doesn't mean you got nothing in the bank. I just say that because people try to seize on that. All you got to do is read just a few verses later. They got money flowing into that church and into that place hand over fist. People are selling land and houses and money is flowing in that place. Everybody's being fed. They got to the place where nobody had any lack. So no, these guys weren't broke. But he didn't have any on him. Beside that, that's not what this man needs the most. He didn't need a handout. He said, silver and gold have I none. Don't have any on me. But what? Such as I have. What did he have? So he had the name of Jesus. Yeah, but he had that every other day when he walked by there. Well, he had faith. He did, but he had he had common faith, faith in the word. He had that every other day when he walked by there. He had something beyond his ordinary faith. Amen. That was not dependent on this man believing. He said, look here. I don't have money on me, but I've got something. And what I've got, I'm going to give it to you right now. And he grabbed the man by the hand. Now, you understand, faith, you know, when Jesus would say, stretch out your hand, and then it's up to the man to stretch his hand out. Rise, take up your bed and walk, and then you, you see the man respond. He didn't wait for the man to respond. This ain't based on his faith. He said, I'm giving it to you right now. In the name of Jesus, grabbed his hand, jerked him up. I mean, jerked him up from there. He's not waiting on the man to act his faith. We just got through reading. He said, if you ask about this deed done to the impotent man, this is something they did to this man. (laughs) Not something this man received. Oh, I'd like to see more of this, wouldn't you? Oh, Lord, give us some more of this. Give us some of this. Sign healing. Wonder. Jerked him up. And and what happened? Immediately. Instantaneously. Something happened in his ankles and in his feet. He's been lame from his mother's womb. He's over 40 years old. Chapter 4 tells us. 40 years. He's never from his from birth. He's never taken a step. He never learned how to walk. Did you get this? And in a split second, he is leaping, running, walk, never learned how to walk. He never had his toddler steps. He never used a stroller. 
This is not just a healing. This is a miracle of healing. This is a wonder. No wonder everybody was around there was scratching their head going, wow, wow. Is that the man? Well, look at him. Ain't he the man? Yeah, he's the man. Wow, look how high he just jumped. Woo-hoo. He's jumping. He's lit. It shook the whole city. I said it shook. How many understand there are some healings that shake a whole city? There are some healings that would get national attention. It'd shake a whole country. Sign healings. Wonder healings. It was that healing that got them an audience. Those guys, those Sadducees would have never come to hear Peter preach. But they heard it. They heard the whole message. They heard about the death and the burial and the resurrection. And they heard that there was no other name under heaven whereby you can be saved. They heard it all. They wouldn't have heard it if this man hadn't been healed. Do we require these kind of things today still? Oh, yes, we do. I said, yes, we do. Should we have them here and abroad? Everywhere. It's not going to necessarily happen every day. I know that. But these kind of things should be happening all along. Amen. And we can't say who these kind of things are going to happen for. We can't designate it. This is, but even though it didn't happen for somebody, they could come and, and get fed the word and believe and their faith could make them whole. But there ought to be some of these kind of things happen for people who not even expecting it, didn't even believe in it. I think I told you in, in our ministry, not, not that many years ago, there was a man came in. I, th- I told you, but it'll bear repetition. His wife wanted, to, wanted him to take her to the Hagen ministry, where I was ministering at the time, and the healing school. He didn't want to go. Finally, these are his words. He said, she nagged me till it wasn't no use. And I finally said, okay, you know, because she said, well, there's fishing. You can go fishing while I go. He said, oh, well, now that's different. So <laughs> I'll drop you off, and then I'll go fishing. She said, that's right. That's fine. Well, then when we got there, he said, she started in on me. Well, go to at least one service. Please, just go to at least one. And he said, well, I told you I don't want to go. I want to go. He said, please, just one. Will you go to one? Go with me. I'm asking you. Will you go with me? He said, she wouldn't shut up. So I went. And he said, the preacher was so long-winded that day, I thought he would never shut up. Went on and on and on. And I told her, well, if I ever get out of here, I am never coming back. You'll never catch me inside. And that's what he's talking the whole service. You'll never catch me back in this place. But at the end of the service, we all stood up. And we just prayed a corporate prayer and asked the Lord to do miracles. Let's just all believe God. We said, let's believe God for miracles. And we left. Some people testified some things had happened. And then everybody left. He's in the car about to drive away. Fussing. She said, cussing. Don't ever try to get me back in place like that. And cussing and carrying on. Fussing. And he reached back to scratch his back. He had had a, a, a lump, a big hump as big as his fist on the back of his neck and, and back for years. Just kept getting bigger. And it had bothered him. And he, he, he'd rub it once in a while. He reached back there to rub it and he said, put your hand back there. Put your hand back there. She put her hand back. She said, oh, glory to God. You've been ill. He said, oh. He said, check it again. She said, it's gone. He said, oh. And he pulled off on the side of the road and got his rear view mirror. I'm trying. She said, you know, every hour or so that whole afternoon, he'd say, put your hand back there. Put your hand back there. 
He said, it's gone. She said, well, can't you feel it? He said, I can't feel it. He said, because it's gone. He said, well, you think so? He said, wasn't his faith, I assure you. And contrary to his much talking and cussing and fussing, he was back the next day. I talked to him. He he testified about it. Well, see, that's he didn't receive that healing. He didn't believe for that. That was a sign. As a result of that, he got in and got saved. Started going to church with her. Turned around. Amen? Do we need things like that today? Oh. But now, now, this is how we're going to act on this tonight. This healing shook this whole city. It was a gift of special faith. The Holy Ghost still does things like this. And they took these guys in front of the council. And after they preached to them, it aggravated them. They sent them out. And look in the fourth chapter. Let me finish up like this. In, in the fourth chapter, the latter part, verse 18. Well, 15. They put them outside. And they conferred among themselves. Now, they think they got a real problem. See, they, they thought they got rid of this Jesus stuff. Right? <laughs> they thought he's gone forever. He's gone for good. This is over. And here it is again. And these guys just as bold as Jesus was. They act just like him. You can tell they've been with him. What is the key to miracles? Spend some time with Jesus. Amen. Fellowship with him. Get to know him. Get to know the voice of his spirit. Get to know his anointing. And and the key to miracles is what his mother told the servants. Whatever he says to you, do it. He directed them to minister this to that man and a miracle happened. It's the key to miracles. They said, "Uh, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done. See, a miracle of note. A sign and a wonder has been done by them. It's manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. They wanted to. They'd have covered this thing up nine different ways if they could. But it was not possible. Everybody knew it. There he is. Jumping and leaping. How many understand what a miracle that is? You've never walked a step in your life. And you don't have to learn how to walk. He's never used his legs. His muscles would have been, you know, drawn and and, and withered and and wasted. And in a moment of time, he jumps up and leaps and walks. Can the Lord do things like that today? Can he restore limbs and muscles and glands, body parts that were dead, body parts that have never worked? Can he do it? Oh, it's easy for him. I said, it's so easy for him. It must be easier than breathing for him. It is to us. Easy. Well, he did it. And everybody saw it. And everybody knew it. And they said, but that it spread no further among the people. <laughs> Boy, they are fighting a hopeless cause. That we got to keep this from spreading. <laughs> you and I's existence here tonight is proof positive. They failed miserably. We got to keep this from spreading. Brother Hagen, when he was just a teenager, started preaching. Some of the elders from his denomination came to him and said, you know, we're, we recognize your speaking ability and we're ready to ordain you 
in the particular de- denomination. He said, but uh, we want you to, to back off some on that, on that healing. We, we know God healed you. That's undeniable. Everybody around here knows you were on deathbed. But, but we want you to back off on that, on that healing. He said, well, I was getting ready to step it up. <laughs> and the guy said, well, just forget about it. Just, just. So he never was a part of that denomination. <laughs> We're getting ready to step it up. Amen. Let's, let's step it up. Folk think we've talked about healing and miracles. Let's step it up. Faith in the name. They said, uh, let's, let's straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Why? Why? We don't want any more people healed like this? Why? And why the name? What's the big deal about the name? Keep reading. They called them and they commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you the devil's scared of this name. Oh, he's scared of the power in that name. He's scared of the authority in that name. He's scared of how the Holy Ghost can back that name like he did on this day. That's why he, he's moving them. They've got to shut up. They can't talk about this name. They can't teach anymore in this name. What'd they do? Peter and John answered and said, Well, whether is it right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so they, they threatened them further. And they let them go. They didn't know how to punish them because of the people. Because all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this what? Miracle of healing was showed. Now notice what they did next. They went right straight to the rest of the bunch. And they stood up and prayed and asked the Lord to do more of it. <laughs> they asked the Lord, supercharge us, Lord. Give us more boldness and help us to preach this strong and whatever. And give us more of these things. Give us more of these signs and wonder. Well, we like this. We, we, oh, we don't care if they whip us every day. Give us some more of this. That's what you and I are going to do right now. We're going to pray this prayer. Amen. We're going to pray it just like they did. We're going to ask the Lord to give us some lame men at the gate called beautiful type stuff. Amen. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to ask the Lord to give us some signs and wonders. Amen. Oh, friend, this can change a whole town. This can change a whole state. This can change a whole area. When people see undeniable, irrefutable evidences of the living God. Hallelujah. Power of God. Healing, delivering power of God. Somebody like the madman of Gadara. Full of devils. Running around with no clothes. Doing supernatural stuff. Breaking chains. Next thing you know, clothed and in his right mind. And loves Jesus. That shook that whole area. Hallelujah. This man that everybody walked by on the way to the temple and on the way out. Every day there he is, there he is. But now running, jumping, leaping, leaping. Never took a step in his life. Leaping. 
Don't you know that? What were people talking about around the table or around there? What were they talking about at the restaurants? What were they talking about at the workplace? And it all comes back to Jesus. Talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me lead you in this prayer. Mm, Hallelujah. Lift up your heart. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. You are our healer. You've never changed. You still heal today. You still do miracles today. You do miracles here. In our midst. In our towns. In our states. In our regions. In our nation. You do miracles today. It is your will. And we believe you for it. And expect it. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Let me read their prayer to you. And then we're going to pray just like they prayed. Being let go. They went to their own company. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. How many? Thank God you got a company here. Or if you're visiting with us, you've got a company wherever you're from. It's good to not be alone. Good to have somebody believe with you. And they told him all that the chief priests and elders had told him. How they told him you can't preach or teach anymore in Jesus' name. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Whole bunch. Prayed out loud. And they said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of your servant David, you said, why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, the anointed one. For of a truth against your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed. He, he's talking a lot about the anointing in here, aren't they? Whom you've anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord... Behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They're not backing off one whit. By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And just a few verses later, you see it says, by the hands of the apostles were wrought many signs and wonders. One day Peter come walking by and everybody, his shadow fell across, got healed. Even crippled people and and possessed people got up and walked away free just because his shadow fell across them. That's what they prayed for. I said, that's what they prayed for. We don't care who God uses. Do we? He can use anybody. We don't care. He don't have to use me or you just as long as it happens. Right? We want it to happen. We want God to be glorified. People to be delivered. People who are complacent and heathen and unbelieving on their way to hell to be shook and wake up and go, there is a God. 
He is alive. He's a good God. He heals people. He sets them free. And come and get saved. Oh, hallelujah. This is for us today. So let me lead you in this. Let's, let's pray exactly what they prayed out loud. Say it out loud. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. You are Lord. You are, Lord. You are our God. You, are God. you made the heavens. You made the earth. You made the oceans and everything that's in them. You have fulfilled scripture. You've given us the son of David. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah. The Christ. They raged against him. They put him to death. But you raised him from the dead. He is alive, King of kings, Lord of lords. Lord, behold the railings, the threatenings, the ignorance of the heathen. There are those, even in this area, in this country, and many in the world, who say there is no God. They say there is no Jesus. Raised from the dead. They say there are no miracles. There are no healings. They don't believe in you. They scoff at you. They make fun of your word. Behold their threatenings. Their foolishness. Their unbelief. And grant your true servants. Everywhere. Here. And everywhere to speak your word with boldness, supernatural boldness and power and stretch forth your hand, your mighty hand to heal and to do wonders and work miracles to the glory of your holy child. Your Holy Son, Jesus, the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, do wonders, do miracles, do healings, do deliverances, signs, and wonders. Get glory to yourself. Get glory to the name of Jesus. We pray. We ask it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now put up your hands. Begin to thank Him for that. Oh, thank you, Lord, for miracles, signs, wonders, healings, miracles. Oh, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.